0: You're now tuned in to Lifesong Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as hosts Phil Ramsey, Blake Shankle, and Tom Hammond dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing Active word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio.
1: Hello, my name is Blake Shankle and welcome to Life Song Radio. Along with me is Mr. Phil Ramsey and the author of What Time Is Purple, where you can get your free copy at Wretched.org, Mr. Tom Hammond. Good to Wait, see you. you free have... copy. Yeah. Wow. You mean there's something actually free in the world (laughs) I'm sure sure it costs. There's got to be a cost. (laughs) To somebody, it costs something. But to us, it doesn't cost nothing other than free shipping or shipping. It costs a little bit of shipping. Sometimes it costs a little bit of shipping.
0: But schools are starting to uh, get back on campus now, and uh, the people, the the soldiers, the warriors who get this book out in people's
2: hands are – we're starting to get calls now. Again, That's good. So. so give us a little overview. Uh, Tom wrote this little, this little book What Time Is Purple? Give us a little overview. It's, it's how many are out there now? by the way. There's
0: right out a million copies. Wow. We're on uh, uh, five continents. I think it's been translated into seven languages. So I, I think it's been translated into seven languages. I can't check and see. I don't... Uh, I speak redneck. Has you got redneck? I, uh, we've got redneck. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes, how it was
2: written. Yeah. Redneck is the unedited version. <laughs> that's the original language. Right.
1: <laughs> that was the original version. Well, good. Well, Phil, next week we'll have you a title as oh. much as that. I'm Author awesome. of... Nah, something. something. <laughs> I'll, I'll write something between. Uh, yeah. Uh, then. And okay. Now. Good. We're well, picking on Phil, be...
0: but I just want everybody to know everything you see here—the lighting, the sound, all these things. Yeah. Phil's
2: does that. He does. Um, well, a lot of people don't know that I'm a photographer, but before, but before I was a. I can't even say the word. Photographer.
1: <laughs> That's why he doesn't right,
2: write,
0: folks.
2: <laughs> pictures. All pictures. <laughs> uh, I started in video like almost 30 years ago. And then, I, of course, my dad's a photographer. A photographer but, uh, but I've always loved video. And I just do it for ministry now. And so when we started to video these, I just uh, – it's a blessing to be able to do it. So I'm excited to do it. And uh, hopefully – we can just take it up from here.
1: Well, good. Well, good. Well, it's good to be back in the studio today, and we're back in, in Romans 11, starting Romans 11. We started it last week, We, but we wanted to we, – we had talked before, and we wanted to give a little bit of overview yeah. of kind of how we're going, the, the trajectory in which Paul is taking this, but it in order to set up Romans 11, which 9 and 10 has, but we wanted to kind of um, – uh, the, the questions that come to mind: What about Israel? Has the church replaced Israel? Which is on the mind of Paul here and on the mind of the readers. We wanted to address that a little bit from where we come from on the dispensation side. Would you would you say that's a fair shake?
0: I would, and I would encourage the listener. If you did not catch last week's show, if you if we talk about anything tonight, now that we're going to actually dive into the chapter, anything that that uh may be a little fuzzy or you don't know what we're talking about, I would encourage them to go back and look at last week's show because it mm. was uh, uh, we really never got into the to the scripture. Yeah. Uh just this setup of has the church replaced Israel. Right. And uh, I would just if you don't want to go back and look at it, just let me cap off that whole thing in one sentence. When we talk about Israel throughout chapter eleven, Romans chapter eleven, we are not talking about some spiritualized Israel that the church or the saved is now israel in some kind of metaphorical or symbolic way we're talking about national ethnic israel yeah and whether it it goes beyond just the borders of that country in the mediterranean and how far it goes and people say well now what's a true jew anymore you know they've bred and and the bloodline is diluted when do they stop being a jew i don't know God, God can we're handle, not be able to but, that. God but. can handle all that. But God but, knows. But, but that's what we're talking
1: about. God, and MacArthur says it. He says the ten lost tribes. Guess what? God knows where they're at. Yeah, lost to us. That's, that's right. But they're they're somewhere, and so that's our that's our hope. That's our faith, and what we what we believe. We we take a literal uh, hermeneutic, and so that's kind of the trajectory. That's how we read this, and so we read the Bible. And uh, but anyway, let, uh, Romans can read, chapter. 11. Can I read something? Yeah, please, Okay. Please. I was
2: reading this today. And it has a a little something to do with uh, (laughs) (laughs) photography. Is that the same as (laughs) pusketti? But uh, uh, Israel, I mean, God loves us. Okay? God loves Israel. And in Zechariah 2, 8, it says, For thus said the Lord, is is that King James? For thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory, sent me to the nations who plundered you, for he who touches the apple of his eye. Let me read that one more time. For thus said the Lord of hosts, after his glory sent me to the nations, who plundered you, who is you? Israel. For he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. And that's a very, very uh, precious place to be. If you think about it, there's nothing more precious than your eyesight. And I know when I When I'm retouching photographs, I'll I'll photograph people. And that's only a very small part of what I do. I spend hours and hours and hours retouching pictures. The other day, we did our picture for the website, uh, www.radio.com. Is that right? What's the website? I don't know. <laughs> radiocom you know. So we did our pictures, you know. So I'm retouching uh, in Photoshop. and As I get closer to the eyeballs, as I'm retouching all the wrinkles off of Tom and all the wrinkles off of you. I didn't have any wrinkles, by the way. I didn't have to do any retouch around the eyes. Lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's not true. But as you get into the eyeball, as I, as I look at Tom, as I'm retouching you, just, you know, taking straight hairs off. Guess what I see in his eyeball? My beautiful wife. <laughs> no, it's a picture of me holding the camera. Oh, you talking about the single picture? I about to say, hold yeah, on. So, now. so as, I, I, as I'm photographing Tom, if you go in, as I zoom into his eyeball, you will actually see me holding the camera. Hmm. And Israel, and that's, Israel is the apple of God's eye. It's precious. Uh, she's precious to him. And, uh, and it means he's looking at her then. Yeah. He's, uh, mm-hmm.
1: you know, anyway, that's the good. eyeball. That's good. Well, let's, that's thats a great. um thought that was interesting. I was going to say analogy. That's where we that's get That's just that. a great illustration. Oh, yeah. Who's the yeah. apple of your eye, by the way? You better get it right. My wife, Amanda. <laughs> Tom. And Jesus. <laughs> it's not his wife, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's get started. Romans chapter 11, guys. I'll, I'll just read. We're going to read through verse 6. Paul says, I say then, God has not rejected his people, has he? May it never be, for I too am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God has not rejected his people whom he foreknew. Or do you not know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah? How he pleads with God against Israel. Verse 3, Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they are seeking my life. But what is the divine response to him? I have kept myself 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. In the same way, then, there is also come to be at the present time a remnant according to God's gracious choice. But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. A great... Set of scriptures here, and Paul how he sets us up for Romans chapter eleven, uh, and that's the title of our our lesson tonight: the promise grace keeps. And you're gonna you've seen that. Have we talked about the grace? And this is ultimately Paul caps it off. This is all by grace. It's not by works. And we're gonna explain that here in a little bit. But let's back up to verse one and um, what Paul's saying here. He just he, I think he really ratches it up here. He he really and like we talked about last week, Paul is going to the mindset of what he's anticipating the the reader. You know the reader at Rome. What are they anticipating, or what is he anticipating them? The question, the natural question that comes out of this is: is well, what about Israel, the nation of Israel, that person or that nation that was in the the apple of God's eye, as Zechariah says, and Phil just read. And and has the church replaced Israel? This is the you know is the church now this Israel
0: that I was talking. And what about? makes the and what makes that the natural question is let's go back uh, again to. Uh, Romans 10, Mm -hmm. you know, we said last week, I mean, he has just spent 21 verses in Romans 10, hammering Israel just uh, mercilessly. So the obvious question is, well, what about Israel? Is she gone for good? Maybe that's, you know, how we would ask it in the South. So that's what Paul starts addressing.
1: Absolutely. So he he, he addresses it it, and it makes sense because the church is predominantly Gentile. You know, we're not seeing many Jews come to other than Pentecost. We, you know, the, really, the, the thrust has gone away from the Jewish people, and it's gone more to the Gentiles. And Paul, we know, he was a he was an apostle to the Gentiles. And so that's what we see. And so this natural question comes up. But like Paul says, he says, I say then, and, and, and again, I think Paul is just ratcheting us up here. He's finally, he's going to put the nail in the coffin here, and, and he's he's been working up to this for the last two chapters. And, and, and it's not something he knew he's addressing, because Paul has dealt with Israel's Self righteousness in chapter in, in in chapter nine, and he's dealt with their ignorance in chapter ten, right? And so uh, he says here, God has not rejected His people, has He? And he puts it in a form of a question.
0: And if you break down the Greek of that sentence, and here's what I and I've taught this chapter, who knows how many times? And one thing I discovered this week, getting ready for for this show, you can take the Greek of that one sentence. God has not rejected his people, has he? You can take just the Greek and make a solid argument for Israel's future from that alone. You don't even have to have the rest of the chapter. Now, uh, thank God we've got it, yeah, and we're certainly going to look at it. But that first sentence, if you understand the Greek behind how we translate that in English, pretty much closes the deal on does Israel have a future.
1: Well, it's the, it's put in a form of a – it, the question is put in the form to which it requires a negative answer. You know, there's, there's not a, you know, as, as he's laid the argument out, and like you said, this just question right here would say, has God forsaken His people? Well, no. He could just close it then and be done. But Paul, the master teacher, just continues to. He's gonna, he's gonna show examples, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. Is these, these proofs. In which he proves that that he hasn't forsaken his people, and I think it's important here. This Greek, and when he says, uh, "Has he rejected Israel?" this G, this Greek here is this apatheo, meaning to cast aside, right, to thrust away. And I think that's important. I like that verbiage there. How how that's used is is has has God cast aside the nation of Israel? And I think it's important to say the nation of Israel because he says here his people. And if you look back, well, well, who is his people, right? That's important to figure out this, these pronouns here, and, and who is he talking about? And, and I believe in context of this is the nation of Israel. I
0: don't think you can jump from Romans 10 to 11 and lose that. There, there was no license to lose that context. Romans 10 was so obviously about national ethnic Israel, and we've got no justification to to get our focus on anyone else here. Uh, here at the beginning, of absolutely,
1: 11. and and you you said it earlier, but if you think about this, okay, so it's put in a negative. Uh, the, the question's put out there, we get the, the answer. Ultimately, no, he doesn't write it. Well, he does say it. He says, "May it never be." But that but that question is a legitimate one because you know what? If it was left up to us, if we weren't, if we were in just human form, and we seen what Israel had done to God and where they were at at this point in their life we would say man he's got every right to be to be done with israel well, right and
0: and not only is it a legitimate question but it is a uh, pragmatic question in the sense and here's where you'll have to go back to last week's show to pick up on this but such a hyper uh, significant percentage of the evangelical church teaches that the church has replaced israel mm-hmm. So it was a natural question, and it's a question much of the church has answered as, yes, the church has replaced Israel. And and we just went at length last week that that's what we're going to really look at mm-hmm. closely to see if that argument holds up.
1: Right, right. So. I-
0: well go ahead. Well I, I just don't think it will, but um, but but yeah, it's Paul anticipated what the natural question sure, is. Sure
2: and what, what we bring up today. And if you think about it, if you were around during that time, that would that would be a question that we would have to ask also when the Jews by the, the hundreds of thousands have rejected Christ and Christ, and they are his people. So something's not making sense. And I love what what Paul's gonna do. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna prove something. And you said three P's uh, last couple weeks, and they were uh, Israel's hardening is partial, it's passing, and it's per- purposeful. And we're going to walk through that. So, as we look here, how, how do we know that he has not forsaken the writer, Paul? The rem- we're going to talk about the remnant. And then the revelation, and as we go through this, it's going to be yeah, obvious. Yeah. And I had I was talking to Blake today, and I had some. Que- I was struggling with some stuff. <laughs> so I was I was talking to Blake on the phone, and and uh, and then when I got the phone, I was walking around the square, and I was reading. And then a few seconds later, I just texted him back. I said, "Just forget everything I just said." So and I, and I did because <laughs> I was busy. Yeah. As you as you go through as we progress through chapter eleven, no. He hasn't.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Well. And, well. And Paul says that, Phil. That's a great. It, in fact, it's a, it's this emphatic denial that Paul and that's, puts. Yeah. Out let's there. talk
0: about that because, mm-hmm. and I really, I said earlier, you could make an argument for Israel's future from that first sentence. It's actually his answer is where you can make the answer from. Just a short answer. May it never be. Mm-hmm. Let's yeah. break that down because yeah. <laughs> there is some heat there, There's some big chunks of meat in that.
1: Well, it's the. In fact, in the Greek, it is the strongest denial that you'll find. And I think the KJV, Phil, you, you like the. KJV. But I think it uh, says "God forbid." I believe is how they they um, translate that. But but it's 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 as if as if you're saying no, 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 a thousand times no, with authority. Yes, yes. Because, well, mine has the exclamation point. So the translators of the new NASB knew this was something serious. I,
0: I, I'll read what mine said. It said, uh, "You this was a Greek term used for a qualified or authoritative." Emphatic negation. Mm-hmm. In other words, this would be someone who had the no. This was someone who had the
1: authority. I got you to say no. So he. Had, so so Paul has the apostolic authority here. Not only the apostolic authority, but he's being inspired by the Holy Spirit to write these words. And, and what's important, and I think one of the reasons why he says this, I believe, is, well, obviously, because it's true. Because if, if this was a yes, then that would make God a
2: liar. That's what I was going to say. Because of what the scriptures has already laid out and said, if, if he has forsaken his people, if he has left them never to return again, then well, we can just kind of shut our books yeah. today and Well, go can home. I point out a second thing sure.
0: about that Greek?
2: That may it never
0: be. That is what that is saying is, may it never come into being. So at the time Paul writes this, God has still not rejected Israel. This is not something Paul is saying. May it cease to be. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right now he's rejected them. and, And I know Phil, we've talked about that in a little different context, but as a permanent rejection, Paul is saying in the way this Greek is structured is that that situation does not exist. And may it never exist. It's not a, well, okay, he's rejecting them. God, uh, I I pray that you uh, discontinue that. I I pray that you no longer reject them. Mm -hmm. This is a, your your rejection in this context has never come about. And may it never
1: come about. Absolutely. And, and, we know that it's not going to come about them rejecting just because of what scripture, even if we didn't have the New Testament to back this up, we would know who God is and the covenants he's made with Israel, and the promise keeper that he is. And it really just shows the forbearance and the patience of God. Well, let me ask you through something. all this. Well, what, what let me ask you something. Paul
0: said, May it never be with authority, emphatically, the strongest Uh, You know, the strongest negation he could make in the Greek language. Why is Paul so confident that God not only is saving some Jews right now, but will in the future? What gives Paul his confidence? How does he know God is saving some Jews? Well, because he is one. Oh, (laughs) and it really explains his next statement. He does. So
1: and that's a man, that's a good segue because we going moving on. Paul's going to give some proofs here, in which this is this is why that the answer is may it never be right. And and the first evidence exhibit A, which he lays on the stand, is himself.
0: If it be yeah. what he's saying, may never be.
1: If it be. He's lost. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> he, that's it. He can't be saved. That's right. That's right. But that's not the, the case. He's Paul is – well, look. here's what Paul says. And he explains it because we see the word for. For I, too, am what? An Israelite, a descendant of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. And and, and so what does Paul do? He, Paul puts his pedigree on the, on, on the table. He says, I'm
0: all the proof you need. God has not totally rejected Israel. You know I pulled up some passages about that Paul is not just any Jew That God saved He's just not your average Part of the remnant if we go into, uh, into the New Testament and really look at who Paul was, brutal, and who God saved, and and I brought two or three passages. I don't know if time will permit. Yeah,
1: read them. Read them. I've got some, too. They may be the same you got, but you well, read those.
0: Uh, you know, Paul, let, let me just kind of uh, paraphrase it here before I read these passages. Paul was on his way to Damascus. You can read this in Acts 9. Was on his way to Damascus to persecute the church there, and he had gotten a written uh, permission slip so it were from the jewish elders to go capture and it says the men and women who were in the church in damascus and to bring them back and put them in prison and he had the authority to do this he had been from the jewish council He had been commissioned to go do this. So he was on his way to Damascus with chains. Now you can go to Acts nine and read about, he was called Saul. Then you can read about his conversion. And some of you may be very familiar with it. If you're not just go to Acts nine, but after Paul's conversion, the church still wouldn't have anything to do
2: with him for quite a while. I mean, think about it. What if if you were in Damascus and here, and Paul's coming and he's, he's, uh, taking people, he's, he's, uh, holding the clothing while they stone Stephen. Uh, what would you think? Well,
0: it says here says, uh, you know, uh, Acts nine nineteen says now for several days he was with the disciples who were at Damascus and immediately he began to proclaim this is after his conversion pro- proclaimed Jesus in the synagogues saying he is the son of God all those hearing him continued to be amazed and were saying is this not he who in Jerusalem destroyed those who call on his name I looked up what that word destroyed was all about it was laid waste he ravaged mm-hmm. well to what extent you got to go down uh, uh, let, let me just before i move on acts nine twenty six. go down to that verse and then he came to jerusalem later it says when he came to, to jerusalem he was trying to associate with the disciples but they were all afraid of him and that greek word is they were terrorized by him so to what extent was he persecuting the church how just Just how much trouble was he causing the church? We have to go over a few chapters to Acts 22. And here's what he says about himself. This is Paul talking in a sermon. He said, I am a Jew born in Tarsus of Sicilia, but brought up in this city, educated under Gamaliel, strictly according to the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, just as you all are today. And here's what he says. I persecuted this way he's talking about the church those of the way I persecuted this way to death binding and putting both men and mm-hmm. women in prisons Paul we don't know to what extent he actually had blood literal blood on his hands but he's just confessed to being an accomplice yeah that a part of his part of his agenda was to kill christians
2: now, that's not just your average Jew. He, he's not a – if I'm observing this, he doesn't look like a likely candidate for God to save. He no. is just too brutal. Well, let me
1: yeah, – I completely agree. And let me look – and look at here. This is – this. He says it himself in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4. Good one. Um, he says here, although I myself might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more. Verse 5, he was circumcised on the eighth day. Of the nation of Israel, oh, guess what? Of the tribe of Benjamin, the number one tribe here, right? The tribe of Benjamin, which which we have uh, Saul coming out of king Saul, a hebrew of hebrews i don't get no more hebrew than that (laughs) that's american (laughs) of american y'all uh as to the law a pharisee as to zeal and then what tom uh, Tom just said a persecutor of the church as to the righteousness which is in the law found blameless i mean it, it don't get no he was top dog
0: and romans 10 could not have described him any better Mm-hmm. yeah you go back yeah. in ten everything he's saying about the Jews in Romans ten, those twenty one
1: verses he's talking about himself that's an autobiography <laughs> that was him yeah yeah that that's uh so i so paul is and and we see here that i'm I'm an Israelite, so he's putting his pedigree he says i i am i'm I'm this Israelite but then he says, I'm a descendant of who in Abraham he traces it all the way back to the father of the Jews and 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 Paul's just laying this case out here rock solid case saying I I am a true Jew born in heart b- flesh and blood I was a persecuted church hated the church I was of the nation of Israel and 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 look at me look at what God has done to me
0: don't tell me that God is not in the business of
2: saving <laughs> Jews
1: it's so beautiful how God used this yeah. how he used Ah, it's just amazing. You can't make this up. Did right? you
2: read eight? Did you go to verse 8 of uh, Philippians, which you just read? Did you
1: read eight? Think, I don't think so. You, can, can I read it? Yeah, yeah, read it. I don't think I did.
2: This is, uh, yeah, doubt, doubt this. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them as dung that I may win Christ. Everything Paul did in his life, he was the the – the, the King Jew, but everything he had done in his life, he – what is dung, by the way? Have you ever passed – uh went, drive down the road and looked over in a cow pasture, and you see little dark areas I, I was raised
0: on a dairy farm, if you want me to take over with that one.
2: <laughs> but that's what Paul – he considered it
1: dung. Yeah. Yeah. But – Well – But he's an Israelite. He is. He's an Israelite. He's at the tribe of Abraham, or he's he's of a descendant of Abraham, father of Jews, and then the tribe of Benjamin, again one of the elite tribes. Saul, King Saul, first king of Israel, came from this tribe. And guess where it was located? Jerusalem, center city. This is where the tribe of Benjamin. And you think about how
0: high in the hierarchy in the Jewish hierarchy he had to be to be commissioned by the high council at Jerusalem to go to Damascus. To start rounding up uh, the church. Yeah, I mean that's not they don't hand that to just anybody off the street.
1: That's right. That's right. He he, 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 was, had, he, he was known. Uh, he was he was known well educated student of Gamaliel, Gamaliel Gamaliel yep. Student of him. Well educated. Knew the scriptures front and back. Um, a Jew of Jews, and so that's where Paul is. So that's the first. That's the first proof Paul puts on the table. Exhibit A. He puts himself at the forefront well we've
0: got three and a half minutes left let's go back to that philippians 8 he yeah. just read if, if paul was as high up the the jewish structure as we've read here and obviously he was let's talk about just what all he gave up and why and why and why it was done to him now and we can we can close the show on yeah. that and uh, we'll come back next week and uh, uh, pick up where we're leaving off here about this remnant because that's that's a huge thing we're mm-hmm. going to get into now. But why was Paul willing to give all this status up? And obviously power. He had power. He had status. He had reputation. Why was he willing to give all that up? I mean, what really happened there on that road to Damascus? And we, we can close out with that, Blake.
1: Well, it's, it's when light hits darkness. It's when – the reason he was willing to give it up was because his the scales literally fell off as well not literally but they fell off his eyes his his heart of stone was turned into a heart of flesh in which needs to happen to every one of us as unbelievers we need to be born again and that was what happened on the road of Damascus was was Paul was born again what he ultimately realizes was that he was he was crucifying the not only the church, but Jesus himself. Could Paul
0: have come to that point without a sovereign act of God?
1: No, no one can come without God seeking them first and doing the work in their heart before it, before they ever turn to God.
0: His conversion really backs up Romans 9. It does. As well. It does. You it. just can't take a man in this position with this power, with this hatred for yeah. the church, and make him a new
2: creature. Right. And he was a chosen vessel, by the way.
1: He was before
2: he was even born.
1: Yeah, an honorable vessel, and 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 each one who's been who's been saved by the grace of God has has that same title as well uh, as a uh, the elect of God. And mm-hmm. we've talked about that before. We've just and that's what Scripture says. But Paul was he was saved by grace, and we're going to get into grace here in a couple of uh, a couple well, of verses verses here soon, and, and not by works. But by grace, and it's by the grace of God in which he pulled him out of the muck and the mire and he saved him. He set him up and says, uh, I'm going to save you, Paul. And Paul came face to face with his Messiah.
0: Even as a Jew.
1: Even as a Jew. Even one as, as he was going to persecute the Jews. And in fact, left to our own selves, we would do the same thing as Paul would as well. Left to our own selves, we would do the exact same thing as going. We would be just as vile. We would be just as vile as Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Right, persecuting the Israelites, but God has a he 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 has grace and he places that halt upon us. Right, but yet we can't come to Him outside of the Spirit working in our lives and us. And here's the thing: you must be born again in order to go to heaven. And Paul was able to realize that on the road to Damascus. And if I could
0: say this, and, and yes, we are all in that same. We're all in Paul's shoes, but there's a little different level here in that Paul was one of the chosen nation he was such an uh, ardent persecutor of the church and if god can save paul god can save anyone
1: amen that's it
0: god can save anyone yeah We're getting to a bigger point here. Next week, we'll get into this idea of the remnant and how that works. Yeah,
1: that's good. So here's what you do. Join us next week on another episode of Lifesong Radio, where we're going to dive into more proofs which Paul brings to the table and to show that God is not finished with Israel. Well, we ask you to join us on LifesongRadio.com. You can look us up there. You can go to Facebook at Lifesong Radio. You can email us. We'd love to hear from you at LifesongRadio01 at gmail.com. That's LifesongRadio01.com at gmail.com. We hope to see you back next week on another episode of Life Song Radio.
0: You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio.